new drive with Goodman and Fry. Presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. SmileEyeSports.com. I am here in studio in Denver. Terry is down in Tampa as he's been all week getting set for game four. He's going to cut out early at about uh, about 540-ish to go head on over to the game. And then I will man the studios here while he is uh, either walking or taking an Uber. With that, I don't know what you're doing for dinner tonight. Now's a good time to get some great barbecue. Best place in town, my opinion. I know Terry and his wife, Helen, love smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Danny, you've talked about it as well. Slowly smoked ribs, outstanding. They have a smoked corned beef Reuben that I love. Brisket is juicy and tender. Outstanding sides, great desserts. They have a, they have so many great non-barbecue options as well. They have a shrimp po' boy that is fantastic. I love their chicken marsala. Go check it out. You'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Everybody has their favorite barbecue place. Yours will be mine. Trust me. Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Find them in North Denver. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. All indications point towards Darcy Kemper starting in goal tonight. Nazem Kadri coming back on the ice. Tara will start it off with Kemper. We've used the phrase short leash. I'll ask you to explain from your perspective what is a short leash. He lets in a couple of, quote, bad goals, unquote. He, he, Jared Bednar will put in Pavel Francouz. I think they're to the point now where they understand that maybe there's an issue involved here, too, and that they have they can't fool around any longer if, if Kemper is just not up to the moment in the spotlight. Now, I know you're going to point out two games ago he had a, sh- a shutout. I'm not going to get into the numbering, the shots on goal and everything. It's just that the other night that game should have been about a 2-2 two to two game. Okay, and, and I won't I won't argue with you, but where do where do those two goals have to happen? What if one goal is ten minutes in, the other goal is I don't know eight minutes into the second period? Does That's he a get good yanked? question. Yeah, that's a good question. I I don't know. I think that'll be almost a sense of feel on Jared Bednar's part whether the, the, they were the types of goals that will be indicative of the way he's going to play the rest of the night, whenever that is. So. It's a game feel as much as anything else. Yes. You're, you're saying. And I think it is too. Listen, as I've said before, it's not like I'm big, I'm some big Kemper fanatic. And I'm not some big Francois fanatic. Again, it's Locke and Bridgewater. That's what you have out there. And they've got one they've got one B and one B. Yeah. Right. They don't have one A and one B. Yeah. And you really do wonder, would Kemper have been and listen, you watched him far more than I did. Was Kemper better during the regular season before his injury? I do think you, he was. Do you think we'd be having this conversation had he not taken a stick in the eye? I don't know. I don't. I honestly don't know, but I'm I'm inclined to say I don't think so. Yeah, and that, taking taking a stick in the eye, of course, is, is an unsettling, an unsettling, unsettling event, and he. I think he's he's still favoring it. Whether his eyesight was affected or not is is the issue. But I don't. I think he is having trouble seeing the putt. Now let's talk about Kadri. Uh, and it's funny because we had this conversation leading up to the Stanley Cup Final. If for some reason the Eastern Conference Final 
winds up going seven games. Game one would have been last Saturday night, which means Kadri would have been available potentially for game three. Now it is game four. With that, had the Avs won on Monday, you think Kadri's playing tonight? Absolutely, because he wants to be in, wants to get in the lineup during the finals and during the sweep. I think the the justification and the incentive for him to play would have been even stronger. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I never thought of it that way. How effective do you think he can be? I don't know, except he he clearly is shooting the puck better than he was a week ago. We went from just being gaga excited over the fact that he was. He was actually skating with a stick in his hand. My God, he's skating with a stick in his hand. And he's made progress over the past week. It's very clear that he's made the progress. I don't pretend to have microscopically examined everything he's done on the ice when he's been out on his own now and then at the morning skate this morning. You know, I am a, I sometimes recoil from the phrase hockey writer because I'm a writer who likes to write about hockey. I don't, I don't like ask questions about, uh, I don't get all excited over the second power play you make up of the second power play unit, or I don't tweet lines from the morning skate. Uh, so I, I don't get into it as much in that clinical sense, but I think he clearly has improved and looked better. And as he's been, as he's been handling the puck over the past week, you and I have covered sports for a long time. And this one word is synonymous with football as much as anything else. But I'm wondering if indeed this would be the plan of action for the avalanche. And that word is Toradol. And I am wondering if he took a Toradol shot in that thumb, certainly he would not feel any pain. But the question <laughs> is, would he have any feel? No, I don't think he would. And I think he, the, the issue as we went along in the past week or so was whether it'd be counterproductive for him to play. There are some things he could do to, to help out the cause, but there are other ways that make Nazem Kadri Nazem Kadri that he wouldn't be able to he wouldn't be able to to offer yet. And I think now Jared Benner gently suggested this morning that that Kadri has reached that point where he, those questions are answered. And I'm and listen, I think everyone's going to be able to see it because there are going to be plenty of opportunities for Kadri to take a shot. I don't think he's going to do any type of face-offs at all because that's, I mean, listen, there's always pressure on your thumb when you try and shoot, when you try and win a face-off, but you just don't put a guy in the face-off circle when you don't need to. But I think pretty early, if he takes any shots on goal, I think you'll see if he is favoring that hand, which I believe is his right hand, right? And he's a mm -hmm. right-handed shot. That's where your power comes from. Your left hand's on top of the stick. Your right hand's on the bottom, and that's where all your power comes from. Your left hand is nothing more than guiding as much as anything else. Your power comes from your right arm. So we'll see where he plays, too, whether he just steps right back in the mid into the middle of the second line, or he, or they will kind of work him into the lineup at all. I'm pretty sure they're just going to drop him in as a second line center. Do you? I used to. Well, you said they'll. I think they'll drop him in as a second line center too. I don't think you move him down to the third or fourth line if he's going to play. Let him play. I thought you were going to suggest that he only plays on the power play. No, but I, but I think oh, that's a waste. Not. I think that's a waste of a roster spot. Yeah, it would. It would be, and they they would. That would be an unwise decision to do that. Yeah. I have no question, no, no questions about that. Getting back to the, the uh, situation in goal, how confident do you feel that, that he's going to have a good game? Talking about Kemper, what's your gut Me? tell you? Yeah, I think he's going to have a strong game tonight in the sense of 
Uh, maybe there'll be one he wants back. Yep. And Jared Bednar might even say that after the game. But I think he'll play a solid game, a workmanlike game. And I, I, uh, he'll he will not be the problem tonight. I think the defense, who you rated on a scale of one to ten, as a four in Game Three, and I don't disagree with that assessment at all. You also said they've been an eight pretty much consistently through the playoffs, and I agree with that assessment as well. I think the defense will step up, at least I hope they do, to save him. Well, D- Devon Taves is uh, in the eye of the hurricane, you know, down here because of Kucherov's injury, but he's going to play. So that's really uh, become academic. But Taves, Taves and McCarr have to play better. You know, I, I, I sort of wonder about the swirling emotions in K.L. McCarr's yeah. head with the announcement of the Norris Trophy last night. I, I didn't understand the timing. They usually have a soiree in Las Vegas after the after the playoffs are over, but the COVID circumstances of the last years have has fouled everything up, including the timing of of kind of piecemeal announcements of the award winners. And so I, I'm wondering if Kale McCarr had it, kind of other things on his mind, or just so many things going through his mind that he was distracted a little bit. He was distracted going into Game Three, uh, the last week or so. Uh, you know what? And, and and I'm going to use this as a as a broad stroke with athletes in general. Those who tend to be feisty and hyper and type A, okay, kind of like Nathan, me, Nathan or Nathan McKinnon, or Nathan McKinnon, or a Peyton Manning, right? Type A guys, right? I think that type of stuff gets in their head. When you have a Joe Montana type of personality, I'll, actually, I'll give you the the best analogy I can. Okay, taking McCarr and McKinnon and comparing them to two to two former Rockies players, McKinnon I think has the exact same personality type as a Troy Tulowitzki, identical actually. <laughs> I mean, he steps out after every pitch and plays with his batting gloves. <laughs> no, uh, not hyper, but intense, very very intense. And for Tulowitzki, he had problems for a while hitting in clutch situations because he squeezed that bat so tight, so tightly, excuse me, so tightly. And you can make the case that's what's happening with McKinnon a little bit. But then again, I'll, I'll give Anthony uh, Sorelli a little bit of credit. We talked about that before this, the series even started. And now that the, the game tonight, just like the last one was in Tampa, and Cooper has the last shift, I don't think it's an accident that McKinnon has been held quiet, at least at least in game three, but really kind of quiet. And Sorelli played against McKinnon in games one and two. With that, I think McCarr's personality best reflects Nolan Arenado, a quiet confidence who doesn't get too worked up. So talking about the Norris Trophy, I don't think for a guy like Kale McCarr, it really even gets into his head. For but McKinnon, he's only 23 yes. years old. That's okay. He he is poised and mature beyond his years. The goal that he scored, the goal that he scored, I think it was, what, it made it 5 nothing, something like that, 6 nothing, whatever mm-hmm. it was. Okay. He had no mm-hmm. motion. I mean, he I watched him specifically. He had no, It was just, okay, I scored a goal. For a lot of guys, they get all pumped and excited. For him, it was nothing. Or they get pumped and excited when the team's behind. No, I understand that. McCarr isn't a guy, though, in general, that shows a lot of emotion. That's why I think this whole Norris Trophy thing, yeah, maybe it affected him a little bit, but not a lot. 
not for a guy who thinks all the, I think McKinnon thinks when he plays. I think McCarr just plays and doesn't think. Are you, are you, is that a compliment to McKinnon or a, or a uh, pointing out of a flaw? It, no, actually, it, it's not really one of either. Some guys operate better when they think. Some guys operate better when they don't think. For me, like when I play golf, I'm a thinker on the golf course, <laughs> and every single person that plays golf at a high level will tell you you don't think when you're out there. But for me, that's what works for me. For McKinnon, he, he is a thinker out there. Listen, look, look how intense he is. He he was one of the first ones on. He was one of the first ones on the ice today. But yesterday he was on the ice for the optional skate, right? And yes, what, he was. What was he doing? He was standing on the right side, and he was peppering pucks to what would have been Vasilevsky's blocker side. He also stood in the net, and it looked as if I th- they were going to go with him in the goal instead of Darcy Kim. Right. There's nothing wrong with thinking if that's what makes you better and that's what works for you. But getting back to this whole Norris Trophy conversation, of course, the 23-year-old kid, you're going to think about it. I'm not suggesting McKinnon isn't poised. I'm just – because he is – I am suggesting that Makar is unusually poised for a player of his talent and his at his at his age. Makar came Makar came in at 21 years old, and Nathan McKinnon came in the NHL at age 17. So the maturation process, right, and uh, the uh, transition is was different for both of them. But McKinnon is built like a spark plug. He's always firing. And he, and he works effortlessly the way he skates. It's effortless. It's effortless, right? right. However, he's you, – you know this as well as anyone. You're around him more than I am. He is intense. He's intense. Oh, yeah. He's intense like Manning. He's intense like Tulowitzki. Makar is the complete opposite personality. Coming up after the break, I hate talking about this. If the Avs lose tonight, whether it's in overtime, they get blown out, what is the mood going to be here in Denver tomorrow? We'll talk about it next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. SmileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about my good friend and my guy that does all my insurance, Eric Cook. He started his own farmer's agency. He'd been doing my health insurance for a long time, and now with farmers, he does commercial, auto, home, and life. He does my auto insurance, my home insurance as well. What I love about Eric is he treats every client like there is only client. He is quick to return phone calls, quick to return emails. And that's the way you treat your clients. He even does that on his days off. I love the fact that he checks in with me every single year, pretty much on the button. You change anything with your home, change anything with your auto, anything change on your health insurance. And oh, by the way, speaking of that, farmers agents, generally speaking, they don't do health insurance. He does. So it's one stop shopping. Give him a call today, 303-790-8089, 303-790-8089. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance, the Cook Insurance Group. 
focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. Well, let's project into tomorrow. Avs win. What's the narrative? That they've taken command of the series again. Oh, you got to do more than that. That's it? Yeah. That that will be the narrative tomorrow morning from the the fan base that you're talking about. I'll take it a step. I'm talking about crazy fan because there's no such thing as sensible fan. This series. <laughs> well, there's, there's plenty of sensible fan people. The, th- the point to me here is if the potential for a panic that, that is based on fact is if it looks as if the goaltending matchup disadvantage is rearing its ugly head and that the Avalanche are in trouble for the rest of the series because of it. I don't think Darcy Kemper will fall flat in his face to that extent. I don't think that will happen. If they win, people will say the series is over, which it's clearly not. Oh, no, I don't. Oh, yeah. Oh, Terry, are you out of clearly you only you only follow (laughs) sensible people on on social media, which means you have. But why? Why do you care what they say? I don't. I don't get that. It's not that I care what they say. I read everything. I'm just saying the majority of the fans, not all, tend to are unreasonable. They only see what's in front of them instead of seeing what's beyond the horizon line. So let me give you a good example. Avs lose this game. That means Tampa held serve and the Avs held serve. They still have game five at home. Is there reason to panic? No. If if the Avs lose at home in game five? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm with you on that. I'm not going to argue that point at all. But if Kemper plays poorly and let's say Bednar doesn't pull him and the Avs don't look good, it's funny how the emotions swing from winning seven to nothing to now suddenly this team is in enormous trouble. Well, game game to game overreaction is much a part as hockey and spear in the Zamboni. And yeah, in seven game best of seven NBA series, I think you see that too clearly. Not as much in baseball, I don't think. Oh, I think you do. You don't. You don't think you see it in baseball? No. I'll tell you why. Because uh, every, it's as much as it's as much as all the small things. Every oh, was that a blink one eighty two reference? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it was. Um, the thing is, in the playoffs, we tend to magnify every game and every single moment, and it's paralysis by analysis. We treat every one of these games like we are breaking down a Broncos regular season game or a playoff game. So we look for just about anything that we can. If the Avs win tonight, there will be more than a few people that say Tampa's done. They, they lost at home. The Avs have two of their next three at home. They shouldn't lose. Now, if there's any team that's capable of coming back and winning three straight, it certainly would be Tampa. They have not been in that situation in the playoffs, but they've been in just about every situation. They've been up 2-0. They've been down 0-2. They've been up or, or they've been tied 1-1, right? They have been down uh, 3-2. So they have faced everything. The Avs truly have not been challenged yet in these playoffs. You and I talked about that going into this series when we were talking about quality of competition. And it, and it doesn't have as much to do with quality of competition as it does how games have played out. Honestly, I don't think any, any reasonable person could say that during any of these playoff series, even against the Blues, and that was obviously not a sweep, you never truly felt threatened that the Avs were going to lose that series. 
No. Right. And I, I, I do think the one thing that can be pointed out to the overreaction wing is that look at the, the, the 96 team lost six games in the playoffs and they, they went six games with the Blackhawks, but they could have lost that series. It's a, you kind of had to be here and understand it. And I won't explain the entire right. dynamic there, but, but the uh, 2001 team went to seven games twice. Right against the Kings and the Devils. This team is, is relatively made it look easy. And I also compare it back to the 96 team in this sense. This is fun. If this series gets to two to two, two, the two time defending champions against the team trying to, trying to, I'm sorry to get the torch passed to them. Sorry, Eric. Right. Um, I think that'd be fun. I, I, I think don't that think would, that would, that would be a high, high profile, fun, enjoyable series to get it back to, to two two to two as it heads back to Denver. That, and it'd be much more fun than the ninety six wipeout in the finals against the Panthers. Okay. Now that's a very pragmatic take. If you ask ten Avs fans, what would be more fun? Going home up three one or being tied to two, losing two games in a row? What do you think they would pick as more fun? Maybe maybe the fans would say that, but I'm looking at it from the point of view of myself. And the people who at least want to see drama and think it would be exciting to have a series go down to the wire, whether six or seven games. I think people would rather know. People would rather know that the keg is being wheeled into the house as opposed to <laughs> the keg is still at the liquor store and the truck is being filled up with gas. Because at least, you know, you're going to have a party. So it, obviously it's going to go one way or the other. And. You lose two in a row, and then what do you do? You start thinking back to, ooh, what happened in the Eastern Conference Finals? Tampa came back and won all four straight after looking terrible in the opening two games. As fans, and maybe even the players, might have flashbacks to what has happened in, in recent, recent history. I said to you, I said to you that I felt the way this series would pan out, and believe me, I don't want to be right that this would be a 2-2 series. The Avs would lose at home in Game 5, and Tampa would win it at home. I said I felt Tampa would win in 6. So if Tampa wins this game, uh, I hope the Avs win at home. I want them to win it, and I don't want it to play out like I, in theory, predicted, but I hope it doesn't come to that. I think the biggest surprise so far has been the, the nature of the last the two routes, the pendulum swinging so drastically. Right. I expected to see a closer series with three to two, four to two type games with an empty net goal. And uh, that's been the big surprise to me. And that's, and that's a very nice segue into our next segment. Who's going to win tonight's game? What do the Avs need to do to win the game? And will Kemper finish the night in goal? That's next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry. Watch us, MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed, at T Fry, at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, 
Go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. Okay, quick programming note here. This is going to be Terry's final segment of the show today. Uh, after this segment is over, he is going to be heading over to the arena to uh, eat some free media food. Hopefully it's better than chicken nuggets and enjoy a National League hockey game. As for tonight's game, what do you think is going to happen, Terry? I think I think Darcy Kemper will play a, a good game. He'll still be around at the finish. I think he'll make enough saves that we're it's net in the nebulous territory of of it wasn't his fault. And I do think Vasilevsky's going to rear is going to rear his ugly head here in that goaltending uh, goaltending advantage. And we're going to be wondering if if that has swung the series. Nathan McKinnon gets on the score sheet tonight with a goal. Finally, but I also think the the uh, Lightning will win this game four to two with an empty net goal. I think that's a really good call because I could easily see going that way. Let's let, let's go back to game three. We both agreed that the Avs defense did not play particularly well. No. Let's say if they were a four in game three, they play at an eight. They play at an eight where they have been the entire series or the entire playoffs, I should say. Does that change your mind about what happens? Uh, I think they could they could they could be an eight and the Avalanche still lose four to two. Hmm. The question is whether they would score more goals. That's what you're asking me, and I I understand uh, if they are if they are also more solid defensively, uh, you, you subtract a goal from the Lightning. So yes, if they play an eight, I, I'm going to say no. It won't change the score. You can you can play a really good game. And lose on the road to the defending Stanley Cup champions twice over, and without saying, "Geez, they were just terrible." I think this is one of those games, and you can sit, listen. If they lose this game, you'll say the same thing in Game Five, and then you'll say the same thing in Game Six, and then you'll say the same thing in Game Seven, which is we're going to find out what this team is made of. Okay, now it is a series because it is two to one, and the Avs have a chance for a commanding lead, and they were embarrassed. Not because Tampa was great, but because they played poorly. Well, the, Tampa was pretty good, too, though. They, well, they were good, but what they did as much as anything else was they capitalized on mistakes. So you have said to me that you believe the Avs, top to bottom, have a better roster. Now, granted, yes. we know who is better in goal, and I don't think any reasonable person would argue with that. So if the Avs play at the top of their game tonight, and I think they... It's a strong possibility they will. And Tampa plays at to their capability tonight, just basing it on simple, ridiculous logic. Um, then I'll give it to the Avs because I think they'll put more pressure on Vasilevsky. And that actually, puck's not yeah, going to be in their be... zone as long. But I'd have no problems I... picking Tampa. Listen, I picked Tampa to win in six. And I picked it to be 2-2 going into game five. I'm rooting for entertainment. I'm rooting for a show. I think it's going to measure up to that, and we're going to see the drama extend to Game 5 back in Denver. Who would you rather see win? Because you... Wait, wait, wait. You and I both root for great stories, and we root for players. You mean tonight, or do you mean the series? Tonight. 
oh, I want Tampa Bay to win tonight to, to extend the drama in the series and make it a make it a, a 2-2 series going into the last three games, and I think it'd be a hell of a show. It'd be great for the sport. We have the spotlight on these on these young stars that the league is trying belatedly finally playing to pl- trying to play up. I think it'd be good for the league. I think it with the new television contracts on ABC. I think all around having a series go to seven games and have it being two to two coming out of Tampa would be good for the league. And I also think I ultimately would be viewed as part of the drama of a continuing saga. In Denver hockey. Let me, I want to make sure I get this on Twitter. My radio partner, <laughs> Terry Fry, is openly rooting for the Avalanche to lose because he doesn't like Joe Sackick. Yeah, at that's milehighsports.com. Right. Uh-huh. Go read the, my interview with Joe Sackick, and you'll, I think you will see we could have been smoking cigars and drinking scotch. So Joe and I have known each other for a lot of years. Right. And I'm going to tell you a real funny story about Joe Sackick. Real funny. And you probably have a lot of them, too. This was the day before he became the general manager of the team. And for those that don't know, and I'm guessing many of you don't know, the Avalanche basically have a policy that when you are with the team in the offseason or during the season, they – frown upon you reaching out to any player. Is that fair to say? <laughs> Worse than frown. Right. Like in in with the Broncos, who are the team in town, you can reach out to players anytime you want to, during season, off season, yada, yada, yada. It was the day before Joe was supposed to be named the general manager of the team. I happened to catch him at the right time. I was working with a nonprofit, and they said, can you get anything from the Avs? And I said, let me call my friend Joe Sackick. So I called Joe. I said, is there anything you could do? He goes, I'll get you a signed jersey. I said, great. And we lived kind of near each other. And I said, where do you want to meet? And he said, how about we meet off of like Orchard University right near the original Pancake House? I said, great. And I'm, Terry, I'm sure you know where that is, right? Yes, I do. So I'm standing outside waiting for Joe. And up pulls this big black truck with tinted windows And as the car slows down, the window slowly opens like a drug dealer. Joe hands me a signed jersey in a brown paper bag (laughs) like he was handing me bricks of cocaine. And I said, Joe, thanks. He goes, no problem. He rolled up the windows and he drove away. It was like a drug deal right there in the parking lot. Were you making big TV money at the time? You live in the same neighborhood as Joe Sackett? No, I live next to Greenwood Village. I don't live oh. in Greenwood Village. Okay. And I don't even know if he still lives there. This was many, many years ago. Does he live in you Greenwood Village? I don't know. Yeah. But he, he made the trip out there, but I just started to laugh. I'm thinking, this is this looks like a drug deal because and I opened up I opened up this brown like a like a supermarket bag it was all crumpled up and opened up and crumpled in the bottom is this joe sackick sign jersey that's how much did you how much did you get for it? i have no idea i don't even remember i just remember that story as well as any story i've ever remembered um but anyway i could tell you similar story happened with champ bailey but i was standing in an atm i've told this story right this is a great story. Yeah. I was standing at an ATM. This is right off of Dry Creek and University at the Wells Fargo. And this is right after a training camp day. And I'm done talking to the, you know, I'm done, we're done talking to the players. And my back is towards 
like the parking area where the King Supers is, and I'm getting money out, and some guy yells, give me all your money! And I turn around, and all I see is a black truck with tinted windows, and I can barely see inside the car, and I froze. And Champ sticks his head out of the driver's side window, and he goes, what's up, Eric? And I thought I was going to pee in my pants. That was, I, I was like scared. And it was broad daylight. But he got a good laugh at me. With that, Terry, enjoy the game. Thank I'll you. Look forward to talking Thanks. to you tomorrow. And uh, hopefully it's after a win. From my perspective, you want the Avalanche to lose the game tonight. I, I just want, want to repeat drama, that. I want the drama to be drawn out. I want, I want a great series. He's not doing the rest of the show. Is that right? We're just going to keep repeating. Terry wants the avalanche to lose. <laughs> Terry, enjoy the game Thanks, tonight. Gentlemen. See you, pal. Thank you. All right. What do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? Shohei Otani keeps doing incredible things, but uh, are the rest of the angels around him going to make it so maybe he doesn't want to stick in L.A. long term? Also, Roger Goodell in front of Congress today. He said a bunch of things. Uh, one thing. About Daniel Snyder, that specifically is something we'll take a look at on the other side right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman Fry and Danny Bailey. Afternoon Drive. Terry decided to go see a hockey game, and Danny, you're stuck with me. My, my condolences. If you want to reach us, you could do There's nothing so- wrong with that. No, I mean, you, how long have you and I been doing the show together? Quite some time now. We've watched Les come and go, and Andrew come and yep. go, and now Terry. I mean, you and I really should be yeah. the team. Well, we're we're the core, and then you you also bring in a lot of good good outside players to put around you yeah well i mean you got we're the foundation they're the nice house how's that i like that okay it's a good analogy yeah by the way if you want to reach us you can do so on the uh, rocky mountain forest products twitter feed at t fry at eric goodman at d bailey right at d bailey 5280 why don't you just go d bailey i think someone had it really i don't know i, don't, I go, would have to look at it why don't I would you have go, to look into it why don't you go danny bailey uh because i didn't really want my just my name i don't know I, I, I was being I was being interesting. Somebody has a somebody Danny. has Danny Bailey. And you know what? They aren't following anybody. They have four followers. They should just give up and give it to you. Because you have at least seven followers. I have at least seven followers. And I I my one of and them. And it grows. My one of them? I believe you are one of them. I don't know if Terry follows me. He probably doesn't. Probably not. He doesn't like you. Mace follows me. Does he? Oh well, right. I don't know if he still does. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Time now for uh final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. (laughs) 
Just In Case You Missed It, is presented by Argonaut Wine & Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. By the way, watching video right now, courtesy of Sportsnet, Nazem Kadri in uniform on the ice skating with the Avalanche for Game 4. Great to see. Excited to uh, excited to watch this game a little bit. Hopefully, I've got another show after this, but I'll have my eye on it over over my shoulder here in the station. Well, I got to tell you something. I have listened to this show, and with all the technical difficulties that I have heard happen when I'm driving home, I'm sure you watch more than just Avalanche hockey uh, when you're doing their show. And by the way, they're MMA guys. You can mess around with our show. I'm really not going to do much to you. Shoot, I'm almost 54. Those guys will kick your ass. They wouldn't. They like me. <laughs> just in case you missed it. <laughs> what do you think? Uh, just in case you missed it, the Kansas City Royals defeated the LA Angels 12-11 to despite a staggering performance at the plate from Shohei Otani. He had two home runs, eight RBI, cut the lead to one in extra innings in the bottom of the 11th with a sack fly. But to no avail, Angels ended up losing. Um, the Angels have not made the playoffs since 2014. That predates Otani, but he hasn't made it with this team at all. Him and Mike Trout have been there for a while now. Otani will enter arbitration for 2023, become an unrestricted free agent potentially in 2024. Do you think he'll be playing with a different team in the near future? Um, I don't know if he will. I mean, listen, they just fired their manager, right? They have a new manager. They're still five games under 500. Um how do I put this? Uh, there's there's a solid Asian population on each coast, in major cities, right? But California has a very large Asian population, specifically in the San Francisco area. For all we know, maybe he just feels comfortable in that area, or the Dodgers, I'm sure, will have enough money to buy him too. Yeah, there are a lot of wealthy teams out there that probably would love to have someone who pitches and hits the San, way Shohei Otani does. San Francisco could probably afford him. Uh, the Dodgers could afford him. There's, if he wants to stay in California, I'm sure he probably could. He's already a clean-cut guy. I'm sure the Yankees have have uh, licked their chops thinking about bringing him in as well. I'm sure. Yeah. Just in case you missed it, per Anilo Piero of Mile High Sports, I've I heard saw of him. him. I saw him tweet out yesterday uh, before the Rockies played that they were one in nine. In their last 10 games following an off day, they are now 1-10 in their last 11 because they lost 9-8 to to Miami yesterday after being off on Monday. Is there anything Bud Black can do to break that trend? Not really. I mean, as, as a chef, you can only work with the ingredients that you have. And I, I think Bud Black is an excellent manager. But he has guys who are good. He does. I don't think you could say he has anybody great on his roster. Kron's been terrific, but that's a breakout year for him. Right, he, he doesn't have a guy he could fall back on and say, this is my ace. He can stop a losing streak. They don't have that guy, and that's a big problem. Their bullpen is meh. Their lineup is meh. They are, listen, you could make the – if I said to you, mid-June, the Rockies would be eight games under five hundred. would you say that's not bad? It's not bad. That's where they're at. As expected, I would say. That's where they're at. They're eight games under five hundred. Still haven't been to a Rockies game yet this year. I'll have to get over there to Coors Field. Boy, that, if that isn't patronizing, I don't know what is. <laughs> Just in case you missed it, Roger Goodell testified before Congress today and, among other things, uh, told them he does not have the authority to remove Daniel Snyder as an owner. 
Uh, he can, however, officially recommend a vote of owners. Correct. And a three-quarters majority in right. favor would push Snyder out. So do you think it's more likely Goodell recommends a vote at some point, or will another owner get the ball rolling on that, or will nothing happen with Daniel Snyder still being under investigation? Here's the problem. If another owner recommends it, that opens a Pandora's box to other owners facing what Daniel Snyder is facing. Now, granted, what Daniel Snyder has allegedly done, and there are a lot of things that have happened under his watch, uh, if any owner should go, it is him. But I don't think any owner wants to be the one to say, I'm going to bring this up for a vote, because then there's a target on that guy's back. I don't know. Listen, Al Davis was never voted out. Now, granted, L. Davis's issues was was suing the NFL, and if any, I'm sure all the owners wanted him out, but they didn't kick him out of the fraternity. But some of the things that have been alleged about Snyder have not been football related. They have been sexual harassment issues to cheating the NFL out of money. You almost have to ask when is enough enough. But once you walk down that road, then doors are open for everybody. For doing something and i can't remember an owner ever being kicked out of the league can you no it's no a, it's unprecedented so i don't know if anybody really want i think they would like him out of the league but i don't think that they want to open that door where if something happens now there's precedent and maybe one of them could be next also probably a piece of it is the devil you know versus the devil you don't right i think they all want him out i think they're all tired of him and and he's making them all look bad. All right, that was Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it. Right now, all 750-milliliter domestic wines are 15% off. Don't forget, Argonaut delivers. Any delivery over 100 bucks in the Denver metro area, it is free. See why Westward named Argonaut, the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Check them out on Colfax or at ArgonautLiquor.com. That's going to do it for us. Nigel, Danny, great job today. Terry did a fantastic job. He's on his way to the arena to watch game four between the Avs and Lightning. Make it the best possible night you can. Hey.